Coming up, the villain's unleashed party happened at Disney's Hollywood Studios Saturday night, and the internet hated it. Uh, Radio Disney... Oh, actually, we're not doing that story. Never mind. Um, We're going to talk about Villains Unleashed. We're going to talk about some news stories. And a little later on, Dustin West will reveal your pick for the best-themed land at Walt Disney World. All that coming up from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. This is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode number 733 for the week of August 26, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close. Jenny Lynn Knopp, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook, associate producers Sean Thompson and Craig Williams, along with our producer, Dustin West. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, all right, a uh, couple things in housekeeping. Just want to remind everybody about the Indianapolis meet coming up September 6th, and uh, it's going to be a fun time for you guys. Uh, uh, Dustin and I and John and Kevin will be in Europe. Well, you'll be on your way to Europe because you're taking like 32 months to get to we are 32 <laughs> to months. Barcelona. <laughs> um, he's taking the slow boat to Barcelona. We are. That uh, is gambling. But uh, Julie and Jenny Lynn, Kathy, Teresa, and the boys, well, Sean and Craig at least, uh, will be in uh, uh, out there to do a show and uh, actually come up with a really good idea that Jenny Lynn did. For that yeah. show, she's going to be hosting while I'm away, and just talk a little bit about that. Talk because we wanted to give people a little heads up. A little up. bit of a heads up. Okay, so we we were talking about it, and I, going back to my days when I was a blogger, um, I used to talk about Disney as a lifestyle, not just as a vacation, but you know, Disney in your home. And uh, as hardcore Disney fans, we all have little things that we do to uh, get our Disney fix. Sometimes we hide them from others because we're afraid of being pinned as a Disney freak. But we want you to come out with those and give us your Disney confessions. What are the things that you do in your personal life to get your Disney fix that may or may not be accepted by the general public? Oh, Lord. Things I could consider. That consent. sounds like it could be scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, are you, what are you talking about? You made a career out of it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, the things you know about. Um, cool. I think that'll be uh, that'll be a fun show. So uh, that's the show those guys are going to do uh, September sixth in Indianapolis. So uh, we'll have links to it on the show notes page, disunplugged.com. If you want to get more information, that and everything else we talk about on the show, we always have links to all that stuff on our show notes page. So be sure to check that out. Um, I also want to make sure we send out our thoughts and prayers to our friends in Northern California after that uh, 6.0 earthquake hit uh, the other day. Uh, A lot of damage done. A lot of people were were injured. Um, So just want you guys to know we're thinking about you and hope everybody is uh, okay. And while we're speaking about California... uh, uh, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged goes up every Thursday. Tom Bell and his team, 
This week, uh, listener Jody returns with a trip report from her San Diego and Disneyland vacation. And Wayne Toygo talks about his recent trip to Six Flags Magic Mountain. So be sure to tune in for that. Thursday, you can also subscribe to them on iTunes. Links to that again in the show notes page, disunplugged.com. We also want your nominations for our cast member Hall of Fame. If you uh, have experience with a cast member at Disney World, that major trip extra special that went above and beyond for you, we'd like you to send a picture and a brief story telling us about why you're nominating that cast member. And just send it to podcast at disunplugged.com. And uh, we'll read them on the show and put them up in our cast member Hall of Fame gallery on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page, facebook.com slash Diz Unplugged. Um, so send those in to us, and uh, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll decide <laughs> if that person really deserves. We will judge you. We will judge you and the cast member. Um, now, last week, I didn't put up a poll, um, but Dustin put up 72 uh, <laughs> for the show that he's doing right after this about uh, the best theming uh, at the various lands in Walt Disney World. And I cannot believe how these polls exploded. I mean, in a matter of hours, each one of these polls was getting like over a thousand responses. One of them he posted at like one o'clock in the morning. And by eight o'clock, nine o'clock the next morning, it was over a thousand responses. It was crazy. So we got a lot of responses to this, and we went ahead and. Uh, I picked a random winner to give the $50 gift card to uh, for this week from that po- from one of those polls. And that was Nicole Comtois, I think is how it's pronounced, C-O-M-T-O-I-S. Um, but, Nicole, congratulations. Uh, your gift card is already on its way. So we will have a real poll. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. We will have a regular poll. <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. Real. Your polls were real. Not Dustin's um, poll. Not Dustin. We will have a regular poll like we normally do each week. I caught that, John. Thank um, you for that. <laughs> uh, coming up uh, later on in the show. So, with that, any anything else for housekeeping? 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 No. Anybody? No. Wow. Five minutes in, and we're going to the news? Well, good. We're going to need the time, because I yeah. think we have a lot to talk about with Villains yeah. Unleashed. So... We're going to throw it over to Johnny with the news. All right, our first news story. Disney cashing in on Star Wars franchise. The Walt Disney Company stopped with that thing, with that creepy thing. <laughs> Not doing nothing. <laughs> okay, get it out of your system. Oh, my God. All right, the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> I got a fish. Don't like it. Okay. The Walt Disney Company is ramping up its first major push to promote the Star Wars franchise, purchased from George Lucas in 2012, blitzing consumers this year with a mobile game, animated TV show, and expanded and an expanded line of toys and clothes. Last Thursday, the company introduced Star Wars Commander, a free mobile app that lets players direct battles with franchise heroes Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Princess Leia. It's available exclusively for 30 days through Apple's Apple Store, App Store, and later on Google Inc.'s Android devices. Disney generates revenue by selling a currency known as crystals that be- can be used to speed up gameplay. On September 29th, the company will... Selling meth. <laughs> crystals. 
Disney's Breaking Bad. On September 29th, the company will release a computer animated movie, Star Wars Rebels, Spark of Rebellion, online and on the Watch Disney XD app. The film debuts on Disney Channel around the world on October 3rd, followed by a series based on the movie on the Disney XD channel starting October 13th. Whatever happened to, like, Channel 4? And NBC. These are hard. It, it's not 1980. <laughs> That's what happened. This week, retailers began selling toys, bedding, backpacks, and other products tied to the series, expanding the range of Star Wars items previously available. Um, there's also going to be healthy food items on the shelves. The company says it will release a new Star Wars film event annually, starting with Episode 7. It also plans to significantly significantly increase the space adventure's presence at its theme parks. Iger said during an October 5th earnings August 5th. call. August 5th earnings call. Well, all right. Let me say something about the apps that Disney's been releasing. Um, this one's following the same uh, basic uh, principle as the Frozen game. Um, for those of you who downloaded the Frozen app from uh, the App Store or on the Play Store, Google's Play Store... Um, the app itself is free, you know. Okay, that's cool, and it's kind of like the uh, it's the match three type game, like kind of like Bejeweled and mm. things like that. The thing is, this game gets extraordinarily hard, ridiculously hard, and in order to really proceed in the game, you have to buy more power ups, and these power ups can run like three dollars for a, a batch of them, um, and if you're obsessive compulsive like me. And competitive like me, you too will spend, and I'm not exaggerating here, probably about two hundred dollars on power ups. Ouch. The most expensive app in the history of mankind. Holy it's crap. the most expensive game I think you've probably ever played. Oh my god, it's if absurd. That's the case. And I then I got uh, you know, I, I get to that point where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I haven't touched the game since. And they released one exactly like it from Maleficent, and I I've deleted them off my, oh, I downloaded that one. my phones. I will not play them. I will not download them. It is ridiculous. Release an app, charge $2.99 or $3.99, you know, give a free version, give an unlocked version that you can play. And stop with this nonsense. You should at least be able to beat the game without it. Um, and I'm sure and there's can't. I'm sure there's at least one way to beat the game without that. You know but- what? I would love to know who got through 200 levels because I think that's what it is now it's like mm-hmm. over 200 levels without having to buy any power-ups the developers you when you said <laughs> no meth <laughs> I mean it sounds like a oh, drug dealer it is it's crazy you give them the free and, sample you know first. we're going to kind of talk about this a little bit in a few minutes with Villains Unleashed it's that you know Disney's tapped into that tapped into it with me I mean and you know I'm stupid enough to be parted from my cash doing this stuff and every every so often I'll have this moment like what am I doing you know why am I spending this ridiculous money and it sounds like this app the Star Wars app is following that same model I'm sure Disney has cleaned up on this app Um, the fact is they're aiming this at kids so that's the bad part to me the bad part is that as an adult you should know better and have the ability to say no I don't want to but a lot of times kids will play these on their 
parents' phones oh, yeah. and not know that what they're doing is actually spending money. You hear stories about that. Well, no, they the make it very clear. They make it very, very clear that you're buying this, that it's going to cost $2.99. You got to enter in your Apple ID. I still think a lot of kids. To confirm the purchase. So every time you purchase it, you have to enter your Apple ID. It's not an automatic. Well, it's like with anything else. Like, so if you purchase one. And then, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later in the same session you purchase again, it won't ask you for the ID. But after a certain amount of time or in a subsequent session, it That's will good. ask you. But I wonder how many parents got surprised um, by, oh, look, you know, Johnny just spent $150 on an app. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm all for the business model of making of making money. Disney's a, a, a for-profit corporation. It's a publicly traded corporation. I, I'm all okay with that. Some of this stuff is going a little far, though. Um, and Do you realize how many conversations <clears throat> include those phrases? I know Disney is a public corporation. I understand Disney has to make money. It seems like we used to talk about Disney for the love of Disney. Now everything has that, re- that you know, that disclaimer. <clears throat> oh. The disclaimer in it. Wait, wait for the Villains Unleashed discussion. <laughs> All right, so let me go back to the story for just a minute. Are we now over Star Warsing it? Is this now too much? Is Disney now going to inundate everything we do? I, I thought know, it was well, too Disney's, much in 1986. Disney's, <laughs> Disney's history is to take any license that it owns and beat it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, that being said, look, uh, I think that in Disney's hands, forgive me, Star Wars fans, they certainly can't do any worse than George Lucas did in the last three films. I don't think you're upsetting any Star Wars fans um, by saying that. I don't think they can do any worse. Uh, and possibly, especially given the track record they have right now with what they're doing with Marvel, um, I think they're showing that they've got the chops and the intelligence. Oops, sorry. Um, the fries are done. That's George Lucas. But it's off. <laughs> Why is it beeping when it's off? Now it's silent. Um, I think that uh, they, they, they've shown they've got the chops to take these these uh, properties and do really cool things with them. Um, and so I'm I'm hopeful that the star the new Star Wars films are going to be are going to be great, and they're going to do they're going to reboot and revitalize the whole thing. They need to if they're going to stick this stuff in theme parks, right? And they want to sell this merchandise. Um, right now, you've got, I mean, you've got a very large audience for Star Wars, to be sure. But, you know, you could have three times the audience if you made it socially relevant today in terms of new films that have buzz, that are big blockbusters. You get the next Harry Potter going with, with Star Wars. Um, you know, all of a sudden, it's a game changer. So... I, you know, I'm I'm fine with all that. The, the the apps and what they're doing with the apps that needs to stop. That just needs to stop. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Even by Disney standards, it's obscene. And that's saying something because Disney's pretty obscene when it comes to some mm-hmm. of this stuff. But yeah, it's amazing how much you'll spend to get something for free. Yeah, you, know, you see that free, it's like oh. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Our next news story: Part-time workers approve new Disney contract. Part-timers, represented by Walt Disney World's largest union group, voted by a large majority Friday to accept a new contract providing higher pay and paid days off. 89% voted in favor of the contract, said Ed Chambers, president of the Service Trades Council. He did not have the number of people that he did not have the total number of people who voted. 
The contract will raise hourly pay by $10. Wait, I'm sorry. The contract will raise hourly pay to $10 by 2016. This year, the minimum hourly wage at Disney will raise from $8.03 to $9 an hour. Next year, it will go to $9.50 an hour. The new contract also gives many part-timers two paid days off a year. They'll get the paid time off they have two years of, if they have two years of service and work at least 1,250 hours a year. That's pretty significant. You know, honestly, I, I, with these contracts that we had, the full-time contract that was just approved not too long ago and now this one, um, all things considered, these are pretty good seem pretty good um in all the years that i've been doing this this is the absolute most civil contract negotiation that has gone on between disney and the unions at least from the public standpoint uh at no point where we hear was the union rattling strike and almost all the time when these union contracts come up when these negotiations start you start hearing that word being thrown out strike I think the I think that the emotional temperature as far as minimum wage is higher. This conversation is going on all over the country. Right. What's a workable minimum wage? So I think the fact that it happened at Disney is just another one of those. It's just part of the culture at this point. I think it's happening all over. I've got a. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I've got a question. It might be a, a silly question, but this particular news story addresses part-time cast members, which I did honestly I didn't realize had a major presence in the unions. Um, do we know anything about how this affects full-time cast members, or have they received any news about their wages? They just had their contract. Wasn't didn't we just talk about that a couple weeks ago? The full-time mm-hmm. contract. Yeah. I forgot what they get. Okay. Well, but they got a significant increase, and they did. They, I, I mean, look, ten dollars an hour is still not enough to support a family on, but um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And uh, for part-time employment to get the benefits that Disney offers, it's a good part-time job. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, they have options for health health benefits. Now they're getting paid time off. Um, you know, get that at a Seven Eleven. Um, but I, uh, I just, I don't know. There's something. I feel like there is a, another shoe ready to drop with this. It just went too smooth. It just went too smooth, and I keep wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. I'm curious why. What the 11 percent who voted no? That was my question. What's the reason for that? Who would vote against that? Maybe I didn't know if there was more? something I was they, missing. Yeah, it would have to be they. They thought it. They they wanted more, but still, you know, you've got. You're never going to get 100. percent You get that many people you're polling for something, and you're never going to get 100. percent So the fact that they got 89 percent of the of the union base saying, yeah. Uh, is 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 pretty good. We also have a health care in there. Maybe some of the people that voted no didn't want that additional cost every month um, to go toward health care when they could get it somewhere else. It's their part-time job. So now for those listening to the show and not watching, I've been playing with uh, Olaf. Uh, Olaf. Um, we were in the parks the other day, and I saw this, and I just fell in love with it. It's a little animated Olaf. It's adorable. It's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> so I have been... He's I've been, been taunting John with it been all been taunting day. John with it. And Tickle me, old Olaf. Tickle me, Olaf. Tickle yeah, me it's Olaf. pretty much what it is. Yikes. So. All right. And our third and final news story. 
Disney may use drones in theme park entertainment to take out Tickle Me Olaf, hopefully. (laughs) 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 The Walt Disney Company has applied for three UAV-related patents, including that drones indicating that drones could hold marionette or projection screens for nighttime entertainment in its theme parks. The patent states, quote, the inventors recognize that presently there are no mechanisms for creating very large aerial displays, such as such as a display that will that is reusable, repeatable, dynamic, and interactive. To address that need, Disney's R&D department is working to create a multi-drone aerial display system and a ground control station that could choreograph repeatable movements. The three uh, patent applications are aerial display system with floating pixels, aerial display system with floating projection screens, an aerial display system with marionette articulated and supported by airborne devices. <laughs> I am so creeped out. It's unbelievable. I know. It sounds like you a know, you know, The real thing is that they're going to use these drones to take out people that try and leave property. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like drone strikes on tourists trying to leave Disney World. There's so. going to be drones with puppets. <laughs> so in its essence, it's basically like these drones are carrying giant projectiles projection screens. Take that, Al-Qaeda. Or worse, <laughs> puppets! <laughs> One of the things call for larger-than-life puppets that could be mounted with rods oh, to fly the, the kid the sees air. the puppets get caught in the spires at, you know, Space Mountain. <laughs> oh my the god, patent, look, Minnie's dead. <laughs> the patent indicates that drones could even potentially replace fireworks, which can be dangerous and inconsistent. Oh, oh they're, trying to, they're trying to get off of fireworks now? Yeah. Let's watch the floating oh, no. bedsheet show. <laughs> Yeah, really. And the big scary puppets. <laughs> Do you remember the tapestry of Nations Parade? Oh yeah, that was scary enough, and they were terrestrial. Oh, I loved yeah, tapestry. I missed that. Terrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the ground. Um, <laughs> picture them floating <laughs> The patent calls for an aerial display system based on the floating pixel or flixel. Each drone would carry a lighting assembly that could display images or colors making use of the sky as a screen. Do you think this is where they're going to use it in um, like the display they're doing at Animal Kingdom, that, that water show? You think they're going to try to mess with it there? I, I, I don't know, but if they try replacing fireworks with make-believe projected fireworks, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> projected up to screens being held up by drones... Well, if it's in Animal Kingdom, nothing screams nature and conservation like drones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think that Disney is playing with this uh, idea for um, Avatar Land that they want something in the sky. We saw that. Uh, um, and they can't run fireworks at Animal Kingdom, really. We no. saw that animatronic. We saw that animatronic get tried out that supposedly was a precursor for something at Avatar Land. So I think this is what um, they're, the Imagineers are thinking for Animal Kingdom and Avatar Land to sort of yeah. not make it as scary for the animals, I guess. Show that picture, though. I was reading it. I know. I mean, Kevin was talking about it creepy, being creepy, creepy, and they use Jack Skellington yeah. for the Could you imagine a 40-foot Jack Skellington proje- held up in the sky coming down Main Street? Isn't that how Ghostbusters end? <laughs> Come cross the stream. Oh, my God, it's the kaiju. <laughs> 
Oh, well, we laugh now, but you know what? It could be amazing. They'll perfect it. There's going to be a time when we all go, wow, this is incredible. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. It just sounds funny. Same thing with World of Color. You know, they talked about fountains. Like, okay. Then you yeah. see it. Like, wow. Okay. Well, they talked about the projection on the castle. And when I first heard that, I thought, that's going to be dumb. No, I still but think it is. But do you really think it's yeah, it's Really? It's, I think it's amazing. You know, it's, it, it's a nice sideshow, but... You know, I'm never, ever, ever going to go out of my way to be on Main Street at a certain time to watch the Castle Projection Show. I know a lot of people do, and I'm not taking anything away from that. But for me, no, fireworks, absolutely. But the Castle Projection Show, seen it once, good. I can watch Wishes over and over and over and over again, the exact same show, and walk away breathless every time. So that's just me, though. You know, I'm old and crotchety. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for the news. All right, we want to... tack on one more thing to the news discussion before we get into the rest of the show and that was the Villains Unleashed party that took place Saturday night at Disney's Hollywood Studios um, this uh, this was a reboot of the event last year the event last year was a, a freebie and was such a disaster in terms of crowds and management that Disney decided to make it a hard ticket event and mismanage it and fill it with crowds. Um, now, now, you know what? Nah, no, no, no. That's a little unfair. That's a little unfair. Um, I know that right now it is all over the internet. People that were there are just r- r- raging about this event. And I understand their point, and on some of them, I agree with them. Um, but I think this has potential. I think this has potential, we'll, and we'll, we'll discuss that. Uh, the whole idea was that 50 villains uh, would be unleashed on the park. This is a hard-ticket event, $70 a person. Um, and before we get into the full discussion, Dustin has put together an overview video uh, of the event, which, in my opinion, makes the event look much better than it was. But we'll go ahead and play that now. Great job on that video. Thank you. It looked like a lot of fun. It, you know what? I... I'll tell you something. This, I have to say outright, outright. The characters that they had out for this are characters you just never see them. Yeah, a lot of these you never have a chance to see. And the cast members playing these characters were top notch. They were great. I mean, incredible. And it's not like, it's not like you've got... Uh, a ton of cast members that you know play Stromboli all the time. Um, so for these guys to take these characters on and and kind of be as interactive as they were, um, I, I thought they did an amazing job. I thought they did an amazing job with that. And there was also a very cool vibe in the park that night. Yeah. Um, and I liken it somewhere between Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party and Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and a rave. And a rave. <laughs> it had more of a young adult vibe. It was definitely, it was definitely aimed, I think, toward the, the under 30 crowd. But uh, the problem was that uh, you had lines to see, to, get char- to see these characters that, in some cases, were approaching three hours. Uh, and people were not happy. No. Um, they had the dance parties going on, a couple of dance parties going on. They turned the Hollywood Brown Derby into Club Evil, which was amazing. It was fantastic. I loved. They just had this whole 
club vibe. They had mm-hmm. the bar set up in the middle of the room. They had characters walking around. They had specialty uh, tapas available uh, to, to, to order. Getting a table was difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought that was really cool. But outside of that, there really wasn't a lot to do. Um, and that, I think, was one of the things people complained about. Uh, they had special event merchandise. Um, when we went, not too long after the party started, the line was already at two hours. And from what we understand, they ran out of merchandise. Um, they ran out of, of everything. Every maps. They ran out of maps. They ran out of some of the specialty food. Uh, they had, like, these hot dogs that were stamped with, like, Hades and Maleficent. They ran out of the buns that were stamped, so they were just selling, like, hot dogs. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I give them credit for attempting this. Um, I give them credit for refunding money to people that complained without giving them a hard time. Um, they basically, if somebody went into guest services, which a lot of people did, hmm. and said, this is ridiculous. You charge me $70 to wait three hours to see one character. I want my money back. Um, and a lot of people got their money back from it. Um, so I give them credit for that. But all that being said, they charged $70 for a hard ticket event and made people wait three hours to see a character. Um, and two hours to buy stuff. And well, the problem hours. with that, the event itself was only five hours. Yeah. Yeah. So you were lucky if you got to see one or two mm-hmm. characters. And that's the problem. You're spending this premium. They completely oversold it. Yeah. And there were huge parts of the night where we had nothing to do. Yeah. Unless we wanted to stand in a crowd and listen to DJ music. There was no lines open because the character lines closed at some 10 p.m., sometimes 11. Yeah. So that left hours with nothing to do. We saw the, bo- the Oogie Boogie show twice. Because we had nothing to do. It was just... And they ride, didn't do the fireworks. Open. Sure, the rides were open, but a lot of people didn't pay that money to go ride the yeah, rides. But true. some of those lines were pretty long, too, even for the rides. I mean, uh, Toy Story was 45-minute wait. But that's, for Toy Story, that's, that's good pretty Toy good. Um, Rock yeah. and Roller Coaster yeah, later was in the night. Minutes. Yeah, later and, in the night, that was and good. And that's the Tower of Terror time. was 10 minutes. Those those lines will, would have gone much quicker, I imagine, if we had waited in line because they weren't there were no fast passes issued. It was all standby. So I think I imagine it would have gone by pretty quick. And also, one of the reasons I think the character line, and this just kind of goes to the, the characters themselves and the cast members playing the characters, um, one of the reasons the lines were so long was that they were taking time with each person and interacting with them and talking to them and doing stuff with them. It wasn't, you know, stand here, take your picture next. The lines probably would have gone faster, but I think people would have been pissed off if they'd waited an hour to get to a character and the character just stood there. Um, And so they did interact and it's, I don't know how you make that better. Um, I don't know how you make that faster other than not, over, not overselling things, the not overselling event. Not overselling or yeah. offering more things to do so or that the crowd this on multiple nights. I think a combination when, of all those things. Do you remember when they did nights. the Pirates and Princess Party? We went to that a couple times and it was great. There were characters out there that you never saw and near that you never had a chance to interact with. Right. And that was a great party, but it was always like, kind of like you snuck into the park. There just weren't a lot of people there. I think, and I think it's because a, they ran it. They ran it for months. There's a function, too, of where they had it. I mean, the studios is a small park. It is. So to cram, cram all those people into that park, it feels even more crowded. Well, that's what a lot of people were saying, that this was the wrong park to put this in. This should have been in the Magic Kingdom. Now, that being said, 
as we see details on upcoming Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, which we'll be covering on next week's show, we see a lot of the elements, some of the elements that were we saw in this Villains Unleashed Party are being introduced into that, namely um, the uh, villain Soiree, uh, which is a $99 add-on they just released um, yesterday, uh, the 25th. Uh, where you pay $99 and you get priority viewing for the parade and the fireworks and a dessert party uh, in Cinderella's Royal Table with some characters. Uh, on top of the ticket you already bought. The $65 yeah. ticket you've purchased to begin with. Um, I was one of the people that, because I, I wanted to cover, I want to cover it, so I did get a couple of tickets for it um, for next week. Um what bothered me the most wasn't the $99. It was the 45 minutes I had to wait on hold in order to give them that money. Um, and then when I did get uh, a cast member on the phone, who was wonderful, by the way. Her name was Alani. Not her real name. Um, and I, uh, she said, oh, I'm sorry. It's all sold out. You see, when I called, I talked to Hilton Head. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... I was getting ready to like, I, you know, I was getting ready to go off, but then like, okay, you know what? It's not her fault. She didn't sell it out, but you know, maybe Disney could have updated the, the spiel that I had to listen to for 45 minutes saying, if you're calling for, you know, bill and soiree on these dates, we're sold out. Don't make people wait on the phone to find out. Now, fortunately she was able to look again and she realized she had done something wrong and I was able to get two tickets. Um, and so that was, or actually, no, I got more than two tickets, but um, I was able to get my tickets. But they're only selling, I think, 30. I, I heard some number like there's that. I'm not, that's two not, seating, I'm not positive, There's two seatings a night, and it's a very small number. Very of, limited. The, the um, 1%. Yeah. <laughs> this is, now, you experience what your agents go through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Waiting online 45 minutes to be told no. And then this <laughs> is what happens when people call up. And they're so excited about something, and they're told it's sold out, and they can't go. Right. The disappointment that occurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't even begin to go into that. I know. I know. Um, so, what, on the positive side, what did you like about Villains Unleashed? I definitely like the idea of it. I think that they can improve upon it. I don't think it's something that they should do away with. I just think that maybe it should be something that they, you know, learn from lessons past and improve on them in in the future i mean definitely the lines were insane i'm sorry when you're waiting in an hour to get your face painted yeah face painting was complimentary that night yeah yeah and the lines were out of this world and i'm i really like the characters i would have loved to have been able to interact with them but there's no way i'm waiting three and a half hours to see maleficent no no way so um i'll just wave to her as i walk on by and that's basically what i did the whole night um i didn't even get to see the oogie boogie show (laughs) Because again, because of lines, I just, um, you know, I liked the atmosphere of it. It might be even uh, kicked up a notch in creepiness when we get the drones in the sky. <laughs> but um, I think it's something, I, and I, I liked, uh, I liked it. I feel like it is, uh, you know, Disney's answer to Halloween Horror Nights, but Disney-fying it. I just feel like it could be maybe um, done a little bit better. See, my feeling was that I, I felt they could have amped up. The vibe and the theme a little bit. Yes, I agree with park. that. I agree with um, that. You know, one of the things with you know, not so scary is that um, they 
they do kind of carry the the vibe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. throughout the entire park. Whereas you get into certain sections of Hollywood Studios, and it was just like, okay, I'm just at Hollywood Studios yeah. at night. There's nothing going on here. What they should have done was taken. I apologize, I didn't go, so this is just uh, you know backseat driver talking about what my opinion is. They should have taken each attraction and unleashed the villain in that attraction. They sort of did that. Did they? they had a lot of the characters associated with the attractions in their section. So when you went to Star Wars, you know, Star Tours, they had the bad guys from Star Wars near that area. Yeah. They had Kermit cool. and Constantine Vader, near the near the um, Kermit attraction, the 3D movie. And, I, I don't and that know, was good. I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told by someone that the puppeteer and voice of Constantine was, in fact, the same man who did it in the film. Yeah, his um, name is Matt Vogel. He was actually doing a signing last night at Studios, if you bought the DVD. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Um, but I so, agree. Like, I, I think it should have been amped up. I, I didn't get in to see the Oogie Boogie show personally, but I watched the video of it. And again, like I, I kind of like the idea. I, they do something similar to it in Halloween Horror Nights. They do a freak show, freak act type thing. But um, and I love that they had Oogie Boogie as the MC. I thought that that was great. The set seemed fine from the video anyway. But I felt like um, the acts were a little bit um, anticlimactic. Like, how many times am I going to see this person shoot a crossbow from different angles on well, the stage? Well, the analogy that I heard Craig use and I've heard people on the boards use, it was bad America's Got Talent. Yeah. Uh, it it, it kind of felt like that. And I think the reason why is just because it, they just seemed anticlimactic. There wasn't much of a buildup as the act went on. It was just them kind of doing the same thing the entire time and and um maybe it's just because it was the one show and they haven't the people doing the show haven't had a lot of time to you know get their legs under them you know that's your one time here you go but it it almost seemed like a little bit of this is going to sound harsh and i don't mean to say it so harshly but a lack of showmanship like you expect something you know those freak type shows to be like you know really big and grand and um it didn't seem they're difficult acts i certainly couldn't put a sword down my throat but um it there didn't seem to be much um showmanship Mm. to it right like if someone just said take all these people and what's your weird talent Put you on stage and have at it. <laughs> it was that cheap Vegas yeah. Yeah. The problem I have is if you're going to charge me the regular price, then it better be ready. Yeah. yeah. No, it was just, uh, it was probably one of the worst shows Disney has ever put together. Uh, I don't know how much time they had before it, but it was just absolutely atrocious. Uh, kind of like JL said from the video, there was no showmanship. I mean, these are people who are only in their 30s probably putting on these uh, putting swords down their mouth and stuff they should have already given up on their dreams uh it's not <laughs> it's not gonna happen and you told now, sean and i that we were missing the magic the magic was dead the magic inside of you um now you know to be fair that was craig's corner there was <laughs> two there were two schools of thought on this oogie boogie show people either roundly hated it or absolutely loved it i have not heard anything in between. I think what the, the the thing is is a lot of people liked it because they felt it was edgy. Um, because it was kind of very Vegas, kind of half-dressed women, kind of, you know, flames dancing weird around. Um, but I didn't see it as edgy. I just thought it was boring. Like like Craig said, the acts weren't complete. They were anticlimactic. Uh, anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to put my they finger. Just, when I watched it, it was hard to put my finger on what that why that was. I, I, it just I think, was. You know, I, I think there is fairly plenty to criticize here. 
Um, but like I said, you know what? Anybody who wasn't happy with it, Disney was giving them their money back. So it would be a different story. I think I'd be ranting right now if that wasn't the case. But for the most part, and I'm sure there were people out there that may have had a, a problem, but the, the over, overwhelmingly what I'm hearing from people who did ask for their money back, they got it without any questions asked. I think this, I think they are on to something with this. I think this could be good. I think they need to uh, do more than one. Um, why not run it through August? Why not run it through August? If you're going to start doing Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party on September 1st, what the hell? Let's extend. Remember? Let's let's push. Let's let's push uh, Halloween back to uh, 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 to uh, to the beginning of August. Uh, amp up the vibe. More things to do other than uh, you character know, meet and character greets. meet and greets uh, and dance parties. Put some other stuff in there, and uh, you know, stop overselling your events. Well, see that would help with the lines. If there was, if if the character meet and greets themselves weren't the main focus of the night, the lines wouldn't be as long. If there were some more really good quality shows and attractions, or even like uh, I don't know, like stops that you can go get your face painted, candy, things, whatever. As long as it's not the main focus, that helps the lines out. I thought one of the positive things in this whole event was the roaming characters. I thought they did that absolutely correct. They did, and you don't see that too often at Disney theme parks, just having the characters that you don't have to line up well, for. Well, that sounds like it's the theme of it. They were unleashed and they were running around. Right. One of the highlights for me was the Club Evil. I think that was the first time, um, what they did with the Brown Derby, that was the first time for me in the whole event that something felt exclusive. What did they do? They they transformed they that. Uh, yeah. yeah, they had this great this great torch singer oh, um, wow. up there. And, and let me tell you something. I, I wish I got her name. She was... Pagella. Unbelievable! She was singing Sondheim. She was singing uh, from into uh, into the woods, um, and she w- and doing it. She wasn't like, oh, said poor thing. Oh, look at you trying Sondheim. Were there she actually. You I mean, sit? could you get a table? And oh yeah. Well, we did. Kathy it was a little helped us out. <laughs> it was a little. We had to fight for a table. Yeah, but, but they had they had they had bar tables where you could stand. Um, but then it was seat yourself anywhere in the restaurant, and just so happened one opened up near us. We six of us crammed into one small booth, but we got in. Um, and the service was great, and the food was delicious. Yeah, I mean, it was. it was really excellent. The drinks were creative. They were weak, but they were creative. Yeah. Do you remember when there was a discussion, a rumor, that they were going to open up a fifth park and it was going to be a villain's park? Yeah. I think Disney underestimates the popularity of this. See, I'm park. hearing that. I'm hearing that a lot, that, P- that Disney underestimated the popularity of this event. No, they didn't. They oversold it. They knew exactly I don't mean popular. this event. I mean the villains in general. Right. No, I don't think they underestimate it. I... I think you know that whole that whole plan for the for the tragic kingdom was killed after 9/11 because um, at that point the blueprints were there the spot was picked they were getting ready to break ground is what we were hearing um, but then 9/11 happened and that changed everything and they've just never gone back to it but I don't want to spend too much more time on this because we have the other things to get to but um, my opinion is I would do this party again if you got it if you fixed it if you fixed it. Um, the idea is there. The concept is really good. The villains were amazing. You've got great cast members doing some of these performances and uh, doing some of these characters. Um, please fix it. Less tickets, more things to do, more merchandise, more merchandise locations. Don't run out of food, but not run out of liquor. Those are some suggestions I have for, for next year. Hopefully you do this again. Hopefully this wasn't so brutal 
I mean, because it has been brutal on the web. People have just absolutely eviscerated this party. Um, and it may be that Disney's like, okay, we're not going near that again. I hope that's not the case. I hope you go back to the drawing board and figure this out. Um, because I would like to do this again, just not with three-hour lines. So, all right, that's going to do it for that. We're going to move on to our caption this. Last week, we put up a picture of Dustin with his head through a cutout at Matsumoto's Shave Ice in Haleiwa uh, in Hawaii. And uh, John Thompson wrote, uh, I have to confess, everything I think of is inappropriate <laughs> um, for the caption. Um, Tommy Woodruff said, the things I will do to entertain Pete. <laughs> and that's pretty much true. It was. <laughs> I, I made him do it. There. I made him do it. Um, uh, Brandon Letelier, uh, is that an arm sticking out of your snow cone, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh, my. Um, now, uh, for this week's Caption This event, or Caption This uh, photo, we took uh, a, something from the uh, Villains Unleashed event. It's uh, Megara on stage and some people were very upset that she was cast she was she was included as a villain um, it was a bizarre choice i don't know why there there were other villains that choose to make the 50 right but um she's there with her arms folded and this kind of look on her face i thought this would make a good caption this given what we just said about the party so that's going to be up on facebook <laughs> facebook.com slash disunplugged add your caption we'll read it on next week's show she's sassy and uh, let's move on to Rapid Fire and start with John. All right. Mine is sort of Disney-related, not exactly. There was a story um, that a study was done by the uh, U.S. Travel Association that finds that 40% of Americans do not take their full vacation time. And they say it's caused by uh, something that they say uh, a work martyr complex, afraid to take time off. They might lose their jobs. Mm. Um, but they say that this is really bad for American businesses, that American businesses lose about $300 billion per year in sick leave and people getting stressed out and not and productivity taking, and productivity. So I want to invite this 40% of people to book through Dreams Unlimited Travel. <laughs> you can write to me at John at Dreams Unlimited Travel and we'd be happy to de-stress you. Does that mean you're giving everybody else more vacation time? No. We work, <laughs> well, you have we work vacation time. We work more hours. Um, we take less vacation time than any other developed country in the world, and we are less productive. Um, and there's a correlation there. There's a correlation there. Need to take my own advice, but there's a correlation there. So, all right, thank you, John. You're Kevin. Welcome. Disney has canceled this year's 2014 Festival of the Masters. I'm sad. And a lot of people are very upset about this, too. Well, the fact that they, they're surprised by it. It was on the Disney blog. Due to the fact that there's not enough parking and there's not enough, you know, space because of construction which says, walls, which says that the that damn parking lot garage is not going to be done by November. Well, not only that, but it says that you didn't even think about this. No. Why was this not moved to a different venue? It because they didn't plan any of this out. There was absolutely, in terms of downtown Disney and that whole thing, no thought whatsoever not one conversation in the process went into what is the guest experience going to be like when we do this not one iota of effort went into that and it is so clear from everything now like i said before i think disney springs is going to be amazing i think it's going to be phenomenal but 
I think it would have been just as phenomenal if you thought a little bit about the guest experience. So not only are you putting people through this cluster that is the parking situation down there, but now you're taking away Festival of the Masters because you can't build a parking lot in under a year? It's ridiculous. There's been lots of suggestions. Someone suggested the boardwalk, well, then someone else suggested that that would inconvenience Wide waste of space? So we said, why not take the... That would inconvenience the people who stayed at the boardwalk. But then someone suggested, why not put it in the parking lot? Why waste of space? And there's parking and there's space. Yeah, they, they do. They do art festivals in just random places constantly. Right. I mean, that, it, it's a shame. It's a, it really is a shame because that's that's one of our favorite events. And I don't know that this means um, this needs that much planning. Everyone brings their own setup, their own tent, it's a their bunch own of tents, stuff. You know, so just an email. Go event. park at Wide World of Sports and set up your tent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sad. It, it's it's disappointed me greatly. It's my favorite weekend of the year. Yeah. In in my opinion, it's the perfect weekend. It's the end of food mm-hmm. and wine. It's the beginning of the Halloween or the Christmas party, and it's Festival of the Masters. There's also a marathon that day, so it's a huge. And there were there are a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not like you know millions, but there are a lot of people who plan their vacations around that. And we were seeing that, seeing those comments too, from people who say, you know, I plan my vacation. Specifically around Festival of the Masters mm-hmm. every year, and I'm really disappointed. And I think the fact that they waited until the end of August to tell people this... Crappy. ...is kind of a crappy thing to yeah, do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, thank you, Kevin. Jenny. Um, my rapid fire She hates is... being called Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lynn. Okay. Jenny Lynn. Um, my rapid fire just has to do with some refurbs. Um, Mickey's PhilharMagic's going down on September 8th, and the extension has been uh, extended until September 28th it was September 19th so apparently they need a little bit of extra time with that one and then the Tiki Room's going down on September 27th and it's going to be down until October 3rd okay the end thank you very much Jenny from the block (laughs) (laughs) Corey Uh, Disney released two uh, dining events at Epcot for New Year's Eve this year Um, the first one is Fantasia 2014 it's a tribute to the film Fantasia. This is a buffet uh, that will feature soup, salads, deep-fried turkey breast, mahi-mahi, pasta, assorted desserts, and fresh fruit. The price is $64.99 for adults, $41.99 for children, and this is available from 4.30 to 10.30. The next one is at Monsieur Paul, offering a special four-course meal that begins with champagne for $2.35, plus tax and gratuity, and wine pairing can be added for $60. And these are... Um, Reservations can be taken from noon all the way to 6.30 or 8.45 to 9.50. And I just, yeah, I just want to let people know that with uh, the Monsieur Paul menu for New Year's Eve, it's a prefix menu. Um, there's only a couple of options in each of those four courses. I took a look at it, and none of it appealed to me. And I was kind of sad because I would have liked to have done it's that. It's $235. Plus wine. Bucks if you want <laughs> then wine. you have to really? buy wine. Yeah. You, know, that, that, you know, beyond that fact, it's $235. Mm-hmm. Um, what I saw being offered on the menu didn't appeal to me, and I love Monsieur Paul's. I mean, I love that restaurant, um, but I'm booked in over at uh, World Show Place for the for the buffet, the buffet that night. Yeah, they always put on an amazing uh, an amazing parties in there, um, and honestly, Disney catering among the best I've ever seen anywhere. Uh, the food that they can put out is absolutely first rate. So. Um, I have uh, I have high hopes and expectations for that, but I'm going to be in. I've decided to be in uh, Epcot for New Year's Eve. Again, I loved it. 
I loved it when we did it a couple years ago. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. See, I'm going to need, they're going to have to make a cot for me if I'm going to get through New Year's Eve. Because around 1030, I get sleepy. <laughs> and it's like. Sad. <laughs> it is sad. I can't make it to midnight. Is this where we hear the voice of Bob coming in places uh, to nap in the park? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Corey. Uh, let's go to you, Craig. Okay, so um, there are new characters coming to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Um, specifically, the biggest one is, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope Von Sweet. They're going to be uh, making an appearance in the parade. Uh, uh, they're also announcing that they're deciding to expand the Phineas, Phineas and Ferb Creepa Crew pre parade interactive experience. <laughs> Uh, Could you say which, that again? That's creep a creep. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only say it that one time. I don't even think you did. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's this dumb thing that happens before the parade starts that tries <laughs> to entertain. It, it's great. Um, and then the normal characters are going to be... <laughs> The normal characters are going to be all around. Uh, the biggest thing was the party that Pete is uh, is going to. So... That crap's going to <laughs> parties. I don't think yeah, anybody heard what you just said. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even listen to myself. <laughs> it isn't for people poop is coming. <laughs> people poop. <laughs> All right, thank you, Craig. Dustin. Uh, yeah, so uh, as you guys know, uh, Disney World has been ambiguously celebrating everything for the last three years. You know, what will you celebrate? And I guess they're done doing that because they're changing the name and some of the elements of the Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It street party. Beginning this fall, it'll change to the Move It, Shake It, Dance and Play It street party. Uh, Stitch and Phineas and Ferb will join the party, and Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy will ride on top of giant gift boxes as they have before. Uh, it'll... Uh, uh, feature remix classic party songs and guests will vote for one of three current hits to be played during the party uh, so this will be taking place many uh, several times daily on Main Street USA on the hub uh, like it always has been but it's just been down because of all the hub uh, refurb going on so it's, all, making, it's just it's a crowd creator yeah it is um, it, on Main Street that, that party and, and then I feel the same way about the tapestry of nations parade <laughs> and the parade control people will run down the street and say folks you need to be on the sidewalk the parade is coming through the parade is coming through and I say, no, that's not a parade. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop calling it that. <laughs> that's right. it. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah. Sean. All right. Uh, I think I've done mine before a couple times, actually, but it's so exciting that I need to do it again. So the E to the B concert series um, for Epcot's Food and Wine Festival, they have some new additions to the artist lineup. Uh, so I'll just run through the whole list, and then we'll see everyone's excitement levels when I read the names. Uh, Jody Messina, uh, the Pointer Sisters. <gasps> Brand new is the Commodores. Which I believe is not with Lionel Richie. No, it is. I doubt it. (laughs) Is he busy? I don't know why. The Pointer Sisters were at the casino, coming to the casino in Nova Scotia. (laughs) They were. They're very busy. They're one. How many of them are left? (laughs) (laughs) The not so Pointer Pointer Sister. Uh, Okay, then Christopher Cross. Hanson's coming back again every year. Air Supply. Starship featuring uh, Mickey Thomas. Uh, Sugar Ray. Fuel. Sister Hazel. Fuel? Fuel? Well, that's Fuel, yeah. That's cool. Different singer? Different lead singer, though. No, it can't know. be. I don't know. Who else? Uh, Richard Marks is a new one this year, I think. Wow. Oh, I Richard like Richard Marks. Marks. Yeah. I like Air Supply, too. Billy Ocean. Night Billy Ranger. Ocean's great. Smash Mouth. Jim Brickman, everyone's favorite romantic pianist. 
Excuse me? I, that, I was going to say that. <laughs> Los Lonely Boys? Oh my god. what? Yeah, everyone's favorite like trio of mariachi singers. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Phillips is back again, which is exciting. Hold on. For one more day. Dennis DeYoung, who is the original member of the group. I'm going to tell you something. That man has one of the most amazing, used to be, was the lead singer of Styx. Um, one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard. God, I love his voice. Um, 38 Special, Boys to Men. These, this is actually, yeah, no, I mean, if you're in my best. age group, this is a really good lineup. I mean, fuel. there's some good acts there. So, Boys to Men, David Cook, and then finally, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. That's so cool. I think they come quite often, but yeah, um, David Cook. I'm surprised. Yeah, American um, Idols. Yeah, forgot. He's actually child. got a real career, and he's actually selling albums. Yeah, uh, the good thing they're doing this year actually is they're selling dinner packages similar to the way they do Candlelight Processional. So if you want to uh, book a dinner, um, and then you get pr- uh, reserved seating up at the front, so oh, that's, that's a good thing. That's so, nice. Yeah, and you call the call the number four seven nine three nine three three seven eight, and then you can book that. So yeah. Excellent. I'm disappointed Grace Slick isn't going to be there. Do you think she's appropriate? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't she part oh, of Oh, no, I'm thinking of Grace Jones. Sorry. <laughs> Grace, oh, Jones like Grace Jones played <laughs> at Downtown Disney. I went and saw her. There were like 17 of us oh, in the House oh. of Blues. Grace Sh- and Grace she got Slick high on go, stage. Used to go with uh, air, Airship. Starship. <laughs> airship. Airplane or Starship? Airplane. Starship. <laughs> she was part of Starship, too. Yeah, yeah, You're thinking of Jefferson Airplane slash Jefferson Starship? Yeah. Grace Slick. Right. Yes. She's great. Have you seen her recently? No. She's part of Villains Unleashed. (laughs) 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 She's scary. All right. That'll do it for Rapid Fire wrapping up this week. uh, Our poll for next week. We want to know what your favorite signature restaurant at the Walt Disney World Resort hotels are. And we'll have that list up on our Facebook page a little later on today. Facebook.com slash Disunplugged. And as always, we will select one person at random from those who answer the poll and give that person a $50 Disney gift card. So that is going to do it. For those of you watching live, stay tuned. Next, Dustin has his uh, best themed lands at Walt Disney World bracket and the results of the polls where you voted for the best themed land at Disney World, which is uh, was a pretty interesting process. Yeah. Um, so that'll do it for me. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a good week. Bye.